Welcome to episode 15 of Where's My Sports At? Your weekly dose of sports analysis made by the fans for the fans, mixed with a healthy dose of beer, bullshit and banter. So Jimmy, what a game this morning at Stade de France, All Blacks versus Ireland and the mighty All Blacks came out on top. How are you feeling this morning? Mate, you know, I haven't been this happy in years. Like I woke up thinking, holy crap, This I was nervous feeling all the emotions before the game. The pre-game was putting me off wanting to watch it because I thought, nah, I can't sit still. Uh, got my coffee coffee cup of Makona, the toddler was beside me and got into it. And what a game. Intense right from the outset. Couldn't hear the hucker. That was one of the first things that I noticed. And I thought, oh man, we're going to get drowned out by the Irish fans here. And then a couple nerves at the start, as you well know, mate. The first seven minutes, I think we had three errors, but we had 100% of the possession. Not a bad way to start the game. I did feel there that we, we were really eating away at the moment, and I thought that could have gotted us early on uh, with some of those uncharacteristic errors. But then Ireland did the uncharacteristic errors as well in that first first stanza of back and forth. Did you see, see the same when you're feeling that, mate? It... Exactly. So like yourself, I heard the Irish fans singing over the hucker, which, you know, I understand it's a challenge, but that's a little bit rude. You know, for me, you sit back, you appreciate it, you move on. And I was thinking this is going to go one of two ways for them. Either they're going to smash us and we'll forget about that, or we're going to beat them and then we'll be reminding them of their disrespect through the hucker. So I'm glad the outcome was what we got. And as you know, like on our chat, the first few positions, I think I counted like three errors, two passes went to no one, but they didn't worry me so much because what I liked is how we were trying to keep the ball tight. We weren't trying to win the game by going around their tight defensive lines by going too wide too soon. We were keeping it in the middle. But I also felt like you, that we were on the front foot and you know there's going to be a return later on. You know, we will use our energy. We'll get the run of the ball. We'll score some points. And then Ireland are going to come back, which they did. But I was happy that we didn't panic. Yeah, and I was thinking as well, you know, a couple of little one-liners that we'll use throughout this podcast. But was that one of the greatest quarterfinals ever? I would have to say so. If for me, well, for me, it was as an All Blacks fan. That was, it was a complete performance, and I think it's showing this team what they can do. It's one of those moments where you have to dig deep and you achieve what you want to achieve, and you find that belief. And going in as the underdog too, right? Like the whole media wrote us off, and that's why I think we've got to be brutal on the Irish here because. They completely wrote us off. Said we go with their little Irish accent. We're going to the finals, you know, dilly dee, and they they didn't have any other questions for any other team. It was we beat South Africa. That's it, you know. We're going through. Any team in our way is not going to get in the way, except they come up against this little country called New Zealand, and we got in the way. Well, yes. Something I heard yesterday prior to the game, because obviously leading up to the game, we're, we're listening to a lot of other podcasts. We are watching a lot of stuff on YouTube because we just want to either um, confirm what we believe or maybe be told something else. But one I saw on with Squidge Rugby yesterday, one of the people he was talking to said, New Zealand's got a higher ceiling, but we don't always get there. Ireland have a lower ceiling, but they get there more often. And this morning, New Zealand set the highest ceiling, and we got there. And it feels good 
to not do the have a team do this to us in a World Cup. This is what's happened to us time and time again, isn't it? Semi final, mm-hmm. quarter final. This time we did it to another nation, come up against adversity, took them apart. Oh, but how how bad must you feel being Ireland? Ireland still haven't broken that curse. You know, we had a quarterfinal curse a few times with France, and now poor Ireland, they this is probably the best team they've ever had. This is probably the apex of Irish rugby. And, you know, can they maintain this for another four years? Who knows? But I, I feel for them because this is really, for me, was their first and real shot at a World Cup win. I would say the drop-off is going to be quite significant after this World Cup for Ireland. And I think what will happen there is I don't think you'll see them get this opportunity for another two, three World Cups at least. Just looking at what they had on offer, you know, you had Johnny Sexton, his last possible chance to win a World Cup, the greatest Irish player never to make it through a quarterfinal like every other Ireland team before them. That was the seventh World Cup, I think, that they've missed out in the quarters. So, you know, there's something wrong with the psychology. I'm looking forward to South Africa's Cricket World Cup because they're going to do exactly the same. (laughs) And you know something else with that? Is in the next World Cup, they've got no more Kiwis to uh, score their tries, unless they bring some more through in the next four years. Exactly. New Zealand technically won that game with extras, didn't they, if you add add it all up? All the tries were scored by Kiwis. So um, I've got a couple little notes, Craig, over the game, and there's three players that really stood out for me in the game, and hopefully uh, you can cur, my friend, but I'm sure you'll have some extras. So Brody Retallick was one. He was an absolute monster at the breakdown, but also on attack. It's good to see Brody back to being his ball playing best and trying to play as first receiver. And mm-hmm. he, it, it was like he's wound back the clock. He's done a Sean Johnson. Maybe he's called Sean Johnson during the season and gone. I'm going to wind back the clock as well because good to have him back. The other players that I saw, Bowden Barrett, and I've been highly critical of Bowden Barrett but this was his best game in the fullbacks jumper for the All Blacks. And one moment for me comes to mind was when he caught the ball, had a little bit of a little bit of a breakaway, and then he went to bomb, and everyone started tracking back, and he chipped it and regained the chip kick. And seeing that for me from Bowden Barrett, I was thinking, wow, mate, you've finally done it. You haven't made an, made an error by putting up another bomb. And he was at making other key choices under pressure, which you don't usually see from him. When he's put under the pump, he'll he'll make an error or make a big mistake. But in this game, he made some massive plays and game-winning plays at the back. So maybe his coming-of-age game in the fullback jersey, I hope so. His last? Um, well, not his last, sorry. His last, <laughs> last, last year last, with yeah. your backs. <laughs> no, not his yeah. last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brutal. No. Um, <laughs> the other player, Adi Savia, mate, is, he is just the world's I don't know what position you call him because he's really not playing number eight. He's sort of playing a open side, number eight, blind side, all merged into one, and he's just everywhere. He was huge. Every breakdown, battling, and arms up at the ref, you know, after mm. someone was holding on the ball too long. Amazing and we should have got game. that penalty. That game should have ended that play before, and you would think he was looking up at uh, Matt Carley. I think it was, might have been the touchy on that side, and he's like, mate, what the fuck, you know? I had that ball. He did do it too, didn't he? And he was immovable. And then all of a sudden, they just let it go on an extra couple of seconds. And that is a, a snap penalty decision. But also, in all fairness, it's 
in moments like that in the big games that that call could change the game. Wayne Barnes was on form. It looked like he was having moments, but he also had quite a balanced game for him. I thought maybe a 7 out of 10 for a refereeing performance. Not quite his best game, but he did well. He was he was fair in points, but we'll come back to that in a couple of minutes with uh, fair and not so many other points. The other player as well that I thought was massive was Captain Kane. What about that tackle? The the one from behind that he did on, on the fullback. Was it the fullback? Centre? Oh, it was one of them coming through anyway. They got that little break and he hit him from behind, or from the side and he, behind. And he hit him hard too, eh? Like he, he, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't just go in and go, oh, I'm going to make a tackle. He went in and just absolutely crop dusted him. Just boom, straight into the ground. And um, yeah, those were my four, four real standout players, eh? It was hard to fault them. Well, for me, I think they, there was so many across the team. We could be here for like a week talking about how good everyone played. I'll agree with, you know, the ones you said. Artie, everywhere. He was an everywhere man. Um, Sam Kane, that wasn't the only log chopping tackle that he did because there's a few guys who I think he folded. He worried me a little bit as they were heading down the tunnel because he had the crazy eyes coming down the tunnel. I thought, okay, he's playing the game in his head because of all the pressure before the game, and I was worried about that, but he delivered. Bodie could unleash because what we did different this time is we won the game up front to start with. You know, Ireland have that amazing defensive line and in the past, try and beat that defensive line, we've tried to go too wide too soon and loop around the outside and then we get isolated, we lose the ball. And I was hoping that we'd use a real pick and go mentality this time, which we did to some extent. We just kept rumbling through the middle and then pulling in um, defenders into the, into the ruck as we kept going through the middle and creating gaps around the outside. So this time we... We won the up front. I, I reckon we did win the up front. We got scrum penalties and we got the go forward and that gave us the space wider out to unleash. Oh, mate, um, with the scrums, we were five for five with our scrums. Amazing. Like every single one. And even with a, with two men off it at stages, we still won the scrums. Incredible yep. effort. But um, just coming back to Sam Kane, one thing there that I noticed was that he was cutting down Bundy Key. Every time Bundy Key got the ball, it was either Kane or Savia were on him. And yep. I'd like to I'd like to have a look and see at some point what Bundy Key's post contact meters were because I don't think they were many because he was being stopped like a brick wall from the All Blacks. They definitely figured that one out, which was great to see. I think maybe looking at players who weren't necessarily a hundred percent, I thought Aaron Smith's box kicking was terrible. You know, it's like he was kicking a a Matt's box, not a bloody big box. And um, also I thought some of um, Geordie Barrett's kicking at the start was a bit woeful as well. You know, he went to kick a ball out and then, you know, it was really short. But he redeemed himself with those long-range penalties. But for me, they just – they held their nerve the whole game. They just had a plan and there was a lot riding on it and they stuck to it. And I think they've just shown themselves that in a dogfight with technically the best team in the world, they can hold their own and they can win. And I think that's going to help them moving forward. Yeah, and uh, Geordie Barrett's kicking, now that you mention that, each time when he kicks it from those long-range kicks, it sounds like it's coming out of a cannon. I was watching that, and I just heard this, boof, and off it went, and he looked like he could have cleared it from 70. So that was, you're right, that was impressive. And he did he did have a really rough start. Once he started getting his confidence, he just started looking the goods, and it was... The runs that he was doing as well, they were just nice. And I did hear one take as well that because like you could go through the All Blacks one to fifteen, and 
you know, I don't think anyone had a really outstanding bad game. A um, yep. couple moments of madness, you know. The I thought Aaron Smith, the decision to send him off was a bit harsh. It looked like it was more of a reactionary grab rather than a purposeful grab. That's it. He was sort of retreating back as the ball was coming out. So it sort of felt like he might have been trying to grab it, but, you know, it is it is what it is. Yeah, and maybe that's where the rules of rugby need to be looked at in those sort of circumstances and say, okay, if it's a reactionary motion and it's not purposeful, because you can tell the difference between purposeful and reactionary, maybe it's not worth the sending off. Because there was a moment later that happened when the All Blacks kicked the ball up, and I think it was Geordie Barrett, he got he actually got pulled back and they said that that was a reaction. Now, if that's a reaction where that looked intentional, I, I don't know. Um, that was Connor Murray. Yeah, a bit bamboozled by that one. <laughs> well, one thing that sort of, I don't know if we're on to the Wayne Barnes stage yet, but just after you mentioned that, we got penalised for Shannon Frizzell blocking in the kick. Very next kick we did, they did the same thing. Hello, Wayne. It's He only seems to – he was very balanced, but I felt that he was a little bit unbalanced in certain areas to us. Yeah, classic Wayne Barnes, and it? it's uh, – I'll call that one, but I might not call it if it's exactly similar later on. Mm-hmm. A bit like forward passes, but we won't go back to 2007. Um, another he does thing struggle with those. He does, doesn't he? Another thing that I noticed, though, was Ireland's decisions when Ireland's rugby smarts. Like, there's a couple moments when particular players, when Aaron Smith was in the bin, Jamison Gibson Park, another good New Zealand boy, he saw the gap, went through and scored the try after Aaron Smith went off. And I thought that was a good clutch play that, you know, definitely could have come back to haunt us. But that's the Ireland taking advantage and going through those weaknesses aren't they Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that I had written down about the island so should we go into our brutal Irish sledge because I really want to just upset a whole nation here why not Um, let's do it they're not enough uh, upset already anyway yeah well especially with the memes we've been throwing up on the socials the one thing there is um, Andrew Porter's a, a few sandwiches short of a picnic right yes I just think there in a couple moments I was thinking mate what are you doing and it almost looked like primal animal instincts at a couple stages where someone rubbed his head or something like that and it went the wrong way or in the scrums he got dominated so he just lost his marbles just didn't think he played well <laughs> yeah well, I agree with you as well and as you noticed on our chat I was saying we just need to push this guy a bit more because he's losing his rag and maybe that's the whole thing of they thought they'd won the game before the game and it wasn't going their way and he was getting frustrated and he felt the scrum penalty should have been in favour of them, not against him for boring in. And I did see an incident where um, when Geordie Barrett held up that, uh, or stopped that try, and there was like a, a bit of a something going on between him and Geordie Barrett because he was leaning over and then Geordie Barrett got up and he was swearing his head off at him. He just saw Porter come back like he was just, you know, on something. And um, that just makes it even nicer when when people are that lose isn't it because it's like mate yeah he had the blink he had the blinkers on well the anger blinkers on i think for majority of that game when that when he was noticing it wasn't going their way and i definitely think there a lot of the irish players would have kept really quiet like tag furlong for example one of the world's best props 
just didn't notice him in the game. Barely noticed the number eight. I think his name's something Doris. He he was really quiet towards the mm. end throughout that whole game. Same with the Irish seven. I didn't sit, didn't even think he was on the field. The Irish six popped up twice on on the wing of all places. Yeah. I think we did to them similar to what we did to South Africa in the game we won earlier this year. We just kept it tight, played it up through the middle and just didn't give them an opportunity to get in the game. And I felt Ireland didn't play to their strength either. Their strength has been their forward pack, and that's the thing we've been scared of. They always just kept taking it wide, taking it wide when they had the ball. And our defence looked great. There were a couple of occasions when I was a bit worried when there was the numbers weren't in our favour in, in the defensive line, sort of on the blind side when they had the ball. But generally, we had a great defensive structure. We were just on. We were there for that game. And if we can carry that through, I'm much more confident than I was last week. Yeah, yeah. Like It's the old adage of one week at a time, isn't it? Like uh, I was thinking, great, we got past this one. Argentina, yes, we do have to be cautious because a lot of those players play in France. That's what worries me about them. Oh, imagine um, that. Imagine that. We, we beat Ireland the number one in a quarterfinal lose to Argentina in the semi-final. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm confidently hopeful that that won't happen. Um, the other thing that was getting me in, during the game was the Irish doing constant huddles. Now, under the laws of the game, I thought the huddles before a line-out were banned. So that's just one, one thing there that I think maybe needs to be questioned out there with the Irish play is why wasn't that sped up? They were taking three to four minutes per time to go and do a line-out call, which doing a line-out call in any game isn't hard. You can do hand gestures, you can do yell out the call, or someone can do the call from half or, or the front prop can. And they were having a little meeting, turning around and then going out, taking three to four minutes per time. That, for me, was starting to become really tedious after, I think, Ireland had 15 lineouts and they lost two of them, put under pressure pretty much every time. But maybe that's something there that the referees need to start getting on is, is about that because the All Blacks didn't once do it. No, you're right. Maybe that's something Ireland could work on for the next World Cup. Maybe. Maybe they'll get past the quarterfinals <laughs> if they play a bit faster. <laughs> hey, look, something um, I'm now jumping out of sequence here. Um, a player that I forgot to talk about earlier, Richie Moonga. I thought he was he was great. He was a bit of halfback there for a little while. Then Aaron Smith was. I thought I was a bit worried about his like putting him putting it in the scrum, and he was good. He was clean. I'm like, mate, Aaron, maybe you just stay off, and uh, we'll bring D Mac into first five and keep Richie at halfback. Hey, well, here's one thing, mate. Why do we need a halfback reserve? Yeah, Finlay Christie. You know, we know he's crap, right? We I was gutted he didn't get on, mate. I know. Oh. I know you're looking forward to him coming on. I, I was. I was starting to um, get in a cold sweat when Aaron Smith came off, and I'm like, please, don't bring him on. Don't bring Finlay on. Um, maybe that's the players. Like, do you end up, you know, adding an extra back reserve or having another forward reserve for the Springboks um, if we make the final and, you know, bring on our own bomb squad and get Aaron Smith to play 80 minutes? That's That could be clever, right? Yes, and that's something I'm waiting for Aaron Smith in this World Cup. I don't think he's quite lived up to his hype as yet. I haven't seen him be dominant. Yeah, okay, I'm not even going to count games like Uruguay or Italy or things like that, but I don't think he was dominant in this one. 
I don't think he was in the first one. So I'm still expecting more for him in the next two games. And and maybe that's something he may feel and may want to bring to the game. But something else I sort of wonder as well, and you said it to me oh, a little while ago, that apparently Colsey was in the in the training camp and he's like, you know, we're going to get this. This is don't you stuff up my last chance at winning a World Cup. And I think there's a few players in that boat and maybe there's a bit of ownership um, going around the team because there's a few players who won't be there next time. Same as for Ireland. They definitely had their heads on straight, didn't they? Oh, yeah. they. You could tell with the aftermatch of Adi Savia, they were not losing that game. Adi Savia mm. basically said, someone asked him the Michael Jordan question, how, how did you take that? And he goes, I took it personal. And I was like, oh, haven't heard that from Adi Savia before. And it sounds like he's a man on a mission. And he looked it on the field. And I, I want to want to see Aaron Smith become that man on the mission. Yes, and I'd like to see that. Yeah, and that's where I think all those players, because you've got Aaron Smith, Richie Mwanga, Bowden Barrett, uh, just trying to think of who else we've got. Frizzle. Yeah, F- Frizzle. Is it Fr- Frizzle's last World Cup? Or? Yep, he's after he's overseas after this one. Maybe He may get another World Cup in a few years' time. He may go and do a bit of time overseas and come back in time for the next World Cup. The other thing that's really, which I was really, really, really excited about how good is it to have a prop rotation that could go another two World Cups? I was worried about that. You know, as we were saying during the game, they brought on these guys at a crucial point of the game. And I was like, mate, that's risky. Tamaiti Williams, young bloke, that was brave and it paid off. Yeah, he showed a lot of energy, didn't he? He And I, I was wondering about um, Tamaiti and Fletcher Newell. Fletcher Newell was solid. He didn't set the world alight, but another World Cup, he'll be hitting his peak and he'll be brilliant. Um, Tamaiti just came on and the hits. Mm. Wow. The hits he was putting on and the energy he brought was huge. And good on him, man. Good on him. How, is, is he 20? And then you've got Tyrell, who I think is 23. You've got Ethan DeGroot, who's maybe 24. You know, they could easily go another two World Cups, 150 tests. And we've got another one who didn't come over, Angus Tarvel. He's bloody good as well. I like him. And he obviously wasn't there this World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like that bodes well if you have a good, solid core group of props. The locks worry me, our depth there, because after that you've got uh, Scott Barrett, you've got Josh Lord coming through, who's going to be a bit bigger. Maybe the uh, Chiefs boy and Bosher or Lachlan Bosher. Yep. Um, and there's a couple Crusaders guys as well. I'd say there'll be a lot of Crusaders in the next All Blacks World Cup squad. But how good is that to have young guys come on and make a difference in a pressure cooker game? Yeah, and I think Sam came. This was his coming of age game. Yeah, yeah. And the the main issue there for a lot of these players, Craig, is having the consistency to do it week after week, which we haven't seen for a while. We've seen these breakout performances from the All Blacks. Big games. You know, beating South Africa at Mount Smart was huge. Then the week after at the MCG, I think they did it. Then the week after that, I think where they played in Christchurch, yes. um, they weren't so good. And then they didn't play well against South Africa in South Africa. No, they didn't. And then... And then they didn't play well again in Twickenham. So it's a matter of stringing these games together. Can they do it? I hope so. If we end up meeting South Africa in the final, they are the ones who do worry me because I think Razzie plays more than the game that's on the field. 
but we'll get to that, I'm sure. Hey, exactly. I think Rassi Rasmus is a genius. I, I'm mm-hmm. just going to put that out there to the world because every time I hear that guy talk, I'm just like thinking, mate, you know your stuff and you he doesn't just plan for the ga- the team in front of him. He plans for the ref. He plans for the ga- ground. He plans for the crowd. He plans for um, the orange light. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just it. like mentioning that light. <laughs> Love the light. But no, I agree with you. And that is my concern. Whereas I think we just think, what is the team doing? How can we beat them? I think we're traditionalists in that way. We're he's there to win. So sorry, Andres. I do hope that France do beat South Africa because I worry more about you than playing France again. And also that at least if South Africa's out and we play France in the final and we lose to France, South Africa don't have more World Cups than us. Exactly. Pity, I know. Pity. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about being number one, right? Um, So... The last thing there is was all the stats that I had to go through. So we had the territory for the whole game. It was 59% to 41% to Ireland. Possession was 55% to 45% to Ireland. Metres carried was 633 metres to Ireland, 467 to New Zealand. Wow. Ireland, yeah, Ireland had 173 runs to All Blacks 120. 94 carries over the game line, or 94 metres over the game line, All Blacks had 60. And how's this for a stat? 325 passes for Ireland to the All Blacks 137. None of those stats surprised me having watched the game because they had a lot of repeat set, but we would just shut them down. It's like we were playing that old All Black style where we'll just, we'll just defend, watch you, and then then you will get isolated and we'll get the ball. And we just stuck with that. And so all those stats definitely play true. And I think it's that saying, it's winning the ball without the game is what we did. Yeah, Sorry, winning the game without the ball. (laughs) Winning the game without the ball. That's a good old traditional All Blacks way these days. Because when you look at this, we we sound like a Northern, Northern Hemisphere team with these stats. So we had 33 kicks to 20 to the island. We had... 878 metres from kicks. Ireland had 696. Wow. But here's one big one. Kicks regathered. All Blacks 6, Ireland 0. Ooh, there's those chip kicks. Pretty t- interesting stats. When you look at it, you might have thought Ireland may have won. Mm-hmm. By rights, they should have. However, in, in defence, All Blacks had 226 tackles to Ireland's 155. We had 31 missed tackles to Ireland's 22. So... Turnovers won, though, 7-4 to four for the All Blacks. That's amazing. Yes. So massive massive stats in, in the uh, Irish favour. But, you know, like, we won where it counts, right? Which is on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Had possession, but they weren't converting that into points. And I've got one more stat for you. Two quarterfinals so far, two Southern Hemisphere teams through. How good would it be to have an all-Southern Hemisphere semi-finals? I, I just love to... Chuck that one up, the BBC. <laughs> as long as South Africa isn't in the final year, I'm happy with that. Yeah, mate. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Andrew, sir. The Pope of the podcast. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and that's, I suppose, a compliment to them because of how much respect you have for them. Yeah, exactly. And But the one thing is, is I would rather play South Africa in the final and really beat the best team in the world or meet the best team in the world 
because I don't think Ireland were the best team in the world, and that's been proven here. Unfortunately, but you know we can't be too hard on them. There's been World Cups we've gone to with that number one tag and and disappointed more than once. Yeah, very true, very true. And it's it's always good being the best team in between World Cups, but it's World Cups where it matters, and I think that's what we've finally got that as a as the All Blacks. I'd be happy. I'll be happy if we make the final. If if we win it, that's a bonus. But I'm very happy today. I have to say it's great to be a New Zealander this day of days. It is indeed. And something for you there, like you said, you're happy for us to make the final. Is that a statement because you feel that if we make the final, you're fairly confident we're going to win? Um, I think it's a bit like the old adage with the Warriors this year. I was just happy that they made that. And I was expecting the All Blacks to at least make the quarterfinals. I didn't think that they'd go past Ireland. I'm pleasantly surprised they did because all the media made me think during the week that we were going to lose and I should have just mm-hmm. gone with the gut or gone with the heart, not with the gut. Well, so, it could have gone either way, mate. We could have been sitting here today crying into our coffees. <laughs> but, but we're not. We're laughing into our coffees. <laughs> we are. We are. And poor old Ireland's got four more years. Probably, well, as you oh, said, maybe 12 more years. I would, I would say it's going to be 12 more years, maybe longer. Uh, the pain's going to be real for them. This is their greatest chance in a generation. Where mm-hmm. a team like France, you, you know, there that they're going to come next World Cup with Intermac. Um, yep. That's that's one thing there, and they are under twenty champion squads that they've had for the last three World Cup cycles. That's going to come and hit any country hard next World Cup. Ireland. I saw a couple of the youth players, and I thought, Nah, you guys, you guys are done. That was the apex of the, that they could reach, isn't it? And I agree, as you were saying, with France, and we've talked about it before in other pods, they've got the player base to keep them at that level for a while to come, where that was, in my mind, Ireland's one and done. Yeah. Thank goodness for that, because I can't take another uh, four years of hearing how Ireland's going to win the World Cup. And I'm oh. going to love... I'm going to love posting today on all the social media all these videos of Ireland's going to win the World Cup, seeing all those mm-hmm. little ones and all those all those little people that were talking it up. Yep, and it's payback for the series win in New Zealand last year. But something that I think about with the series win in New Zealand, going back to that second test and this game here, I think in that second test we were played at 13 players a couple of times because we had people sent off. Adi Savia, when they asked him, I don't know if you saw in the after-match comments, they asked him about when people went off. He said, I didn't even notice it. We were just getting to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was the another thing I think Bowden Barrett said as well about Aaron Smith. He said, enjoy the rest. Enjoy having your 10 minutes rest and come back on like nothing happened. Yeah, very proud day to be a New Zealander. Uh, this will be all over the, the media. And I'm just going to love just absolutely ripping on Johnny Sexton for the next... 10 to 15 years <laughs> poor old Johnny poor old Johnny you know it's I feel for him but don't feel that much that I uh, would it be happy for us to lose and him him get the uh, the chockies well I wonder if he's going to be releasing a book saying I couldn't crack a semi would that be the title oh, of his book no. <laughs> that joke's still going around poor Ireland poor Johnny <laughs> yeah. yeah so good 
<laughs> Interesting, isn't it? I saw after the game, you know, you're watching everyone talking to each other. Farrell didn't seem that upset. He was talking to Schmidt. He was, um, I saw him talking to one of, oh, Sam Kane, you know, and obviously it's it's one week, it's one game. There's, there's It's not the only game around, you know, there'll be six nations again and there'll be other sorts of things. But, you know, I think the players look more gutted than the coach. Yeah, yeah. I I, I saw that too and I was thinking, oh, is Farrell going to go off to, back to England, is he? Maybe He's going that. to Japan with Eddie. Or is he going to Australia? Wow. <laughs> Imagine that. Whew. Imagine that, yes. Imagine that. Well, my friend, I think that's probably uh, all we've got time for this morning. It's a, it's a lovely Sunday. I know, mate. I've, I feel like I'm walking on sunshine. Oh, perfect line, mate. Cheers, buddy. So, mate. Please make sure to follow us on all good podcast streaming platforms. We're now across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Also remember to follow us on Instagram, where's underscore my underscore sports underscore at, and follow us on Facebook as well. Have a laugh with us. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We welcome your comments and feedback. Thank you.